Hello, welcome to Day One Patch Podcast, episode 377. I'm your host, Ryan Johnson. With me today, I got Tim Spence. Where? Uh, wherever you are. Oh, yeah. In, no, in, your, humid, in your humid house. It's, well, it's not humid, it's flooded. But the flooded brings the humidity, does it not? Not really, no. It's not Don't humid. It's dehumidifiers? Actually, yeah, it's dry as hell, but that's because we have dehumidifiers <laughs> going for like literally a week at this point. Uh, Matt Lawrence? What's up? Who you've had floods in the past, right? Yeah. Your computer is now on like a stand of some sort? Yeah. My buddy Alex built me a stand. The the flood in Halo. So he's basically an expert. (laughs) What the hell? Even your power bar is raised up now, isn't it? Yeah. All all my. Look at you uh, being all all safe. Look at that. I mean, admittedly. Like this one's raised up on like I went I went on to like Amazon or something and I purchased uh, what what was normally a boot rack and then I just put it mm. on top of that. Mm. Hey man, may as well. It's like ten bucks. Yeah, that was good. Uh, some of our top stories today include Marvel Spider Man Two and Marvel's Wolverine, the Insomniac games, will be exclusively on the PlayStation Five. Uh, we have some more updates on PlayStation Spartacus, which is their kind of Game Pass. PS Plus Plus subscription service that uh, we talked about a couple, a couple weeks ago. To go even um, further beyond. Correct. Microsoft is reportedly discussing a Fallout New Vegas sequel. So Matt's very excited for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sony Pictures CEO calls Uncharted, the, the film, a new hit movie franchise for the company. And then the return of the query corner question. Oh, man. Whoa, no. What? This question is, can the previous game you played influence your opinion on the next game you play? Ah. So we'll be discussing that later on in the show. It's a good one. First off, uh, what are we playing? Tim, what are you playing? Um, you well, playing right now, Tim. Right now. Well, the last thing right I played now. was Elden Ring. Um, and before that was Dying Light 2, which I bought last week uh, in order to play it on stream and beat it by the time that Elden Ring came out. And then the next day, my basement flooded. So we've been dealing with that for like a week and a half now. And um, there's no end in sight. (laughs) (laughs) My God. That's a good problem to have, though, right? Not really. No, (laughs) it's very expensive. Oh, oh, okay. But lots of game. uh, Well, like, yes and no, because like my setup is downstairs where the flooding is and i was lucky that we didn't actually have any like water over by my desk um but the problem being that like and something else that we found out today is they pulled up some some of the floorboards they were supposed to pull up all the floors today they pulled up about a quarter found more mold than they were expecting and they were like yeah this is too much for us to deal with you gotta call in a specialist oh so it's just one thing after another with, with this place it's been nothing but a huge hassle since we Wait, is that here. old mold though? Um, yeah, that couldn't that couldn't have formed in the in the time you you guys like cleaned it up, right? No, that's not great. Yeah, that sucks. But uh, other than that, um, I like I did I did start dying light a little bit, <clears throat> but um, I uh, <clears throat> I was I was going to like the intention was always to try to beat. Dying Light before Elden Ring came out, and obviously that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So um, I just like started with Elden Ring because I'm not just going to not, you know. So what are you, what are your initial thoughts of Elden Ring? Um, so I started with a thief class, and 
wanted to like get like start sort of investing into intelligence as well to, to use the sorceries because I'd seen a lot on the sorceries and they looked very helpful and powerful. And um, basically I, I played for like six hours and basically reached a point where I wasn't good at anything. I had really low damage. I had no resources to upgrade anything and um, I couldn't kill any bosses. So I basically like soft locked myself unless I wanted to just keep throwing myself at bosses over and over and over again. Cause the thief has very low starting health as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would, I would literally get one shot by like just the enemies that ride around out in the field on horses and stuff. Like there was nothing I could do. Um, so yeah, pro tip, don't start as a thief class. It is objectively garbage and really sucks. Um, <laughs> Good Lord. Someone must, uh, is it just for like people who really are going to be patient with the game and take their time and, sneak around and and you know is it really for someone who's gonna dig deep into it or is it just a completely broken character well normally that's what i do Mm -hmm. and so i don't know why it wasn't working out for me but um i think what what, every time i try i play through a fromsoft game i always try to play through it alone the first time like i'm not i'm not doing any summoning i'm not joining anyone's games i'm doing it all myself and i think that the thief because it like starts with the bow and stuff and obviously you'd have to spend all of your all your money on um like arrows and stuff but you it, it probably shines a lot more when you're playing multiplayer and you're able to like kind of stay back and support someone else um, right. also i couldn't figure out how to do any of the like summons <laughs> like the spirit summoning yeah so um like it was just like I, I it felt it really felt like I was just like drowning in this world. Like there was nothing that I could do to make wow. any progress at all. Um and so I was talking with a friend about it and she was like, Oh, like I, I started with the hero class and it's been going okay for me. So I started another character with the hero class, and the game is literally ten times easier. <laughs> so do not start with the thief class if you're planning on playing alone because it you will you will break everything in frustration because it's I guess just that's a consideration so too if, if you're more of like a support class with someone else who's taking like the damage if the, if the thief works out better in, in co-op but that's the thing is like i've played dark souls games in the past and like dex builds are really good and so that's what my intention was for this and i guess it's just like the combination of not really knowing the mechanics of the game yet and um not having access like knowing where like having that meta game knowledge of like where all the good equipment is and things like that right off the bat mm-hmm. um and sort of having that muscle memory for like from fighting the bosses over and over and, and sort of knowing their attack patterns and being able to, <clears throat> to beat them and stuff like that like i've i've done all that so many times in the first dark souls game but when you do one brand new for the first time like it's gonna be there are gonna be teething pains for a long time right so yeah um, but yeah, that's been my last week and a half. Uh, Matt, what about you? Me? You? Uh, me! So I've been playing the... Uh, I, I picked up and I've been playing the Dying Light 2. Um, I mean to do so for a while. I waited for a couple patches to come out because I heard it was buggy and now I'm playing it. I only really hit one one bug that required me to go back to the main menu and come back. So it's not, not too bad. I'm pretty standard. That's all right. Uh, on like a side quest too. So it's not like a huge thing. Uh, the game's pretty good. It's it's uh, I the reviews I saw originally stated that it took them a while, like the players a while to get into it. And I would agree with that. I wasn't really getting super into it until uh, maybe like a, 
session or two ago. And now mm-hmm. I'm starting to get a little into it. Um, I'm doing a little less side stuff now and I'm doing a little bit more story stuff. I will say one, th- one thing is, is Aaron actually, uh, Aaron made a really good observation is it's, it's like a fun game in single player and in co-op, but it has a pacing problem kind of specifically in, in co-op. So I'm kind of paraphrasing what he said a bit. And that is that. Basically, you know, you run around, you know, you kill a bunch of zombies, you clear out a place, whether it's stealth or action-y or whatever, it's still you doing stuff. And then it kind of slows down to a crawl because generally the host of the game is talking to a bunch of characters or has to loot Mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff for their, for their character, find all the, um, inhibitors and and stuff like that. And so it has this weird pacing problem. No inhibities. So it like, um, it like, it kills the 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 momentum of it where you know you're running around together parkouring all through the city you get to a destination and then i'm literally chatting with somebody for 30 minutes yeah and it's it's one of those issues that we almost had with 76 where 76 wasn't necessarily a pacing problem, but with 76, when they kept saying, oh, you know, the story, at least originally before Wastelanders and stuff, was told through terminals and you read through them or holotapes and you listen to them. You're in a party with people. You're playing a multiplayer game. You're not going to be able to say, all right, everyone quiet down here. You know, I'm listening to a holotape yeah. and stuff like that. Like, it just doesn't kind of work. And so, I don't know, Dying Light's a little bit weird that way. You and I have been having some technical issues as well uh, with syncing, but I, I don't, I don't, I can't really fault the game because, like, we're not sure if that's your internet, Ryan, or if it's my internet however, or whatever. However, we play a lot of other multiplayer games, um, and that is not the case. Very true. However, we don't, it's not peer-to-peer, I suppose, which I believe not, Dying yeah. Light is. I believe it is, not 100%. It's not like I did my research on that, just from the way it handles. Um so I don't know whether it's Nat or like whatever, but stuff like that. Um, but I don't know. The, the game, the game's fun. It's pretty good. Uh, last night I got, uh, me, uh, I don't know, maybe like I would call it like one major hurdle in to the story. And, uh, I was chatting with people for like 40 minutes. So I'm, I mean, I'm hearing similar complaints about Horizon Zero Dawn as well, or not Zero Dawn, Horizon Forbidden West, in that there's just way too much dialogue. Mm-hmm. and that it's like you have conversations with npcs and it's like you're trying to have a conversation about doing the thing or going to the place and then um it's they they finally get through talking about whatever and then finally get to telling you what you're supposed to do and then the game opens up to like look at all the dialogue <laughs> options you have to ask them about six more things to get even more uh, <laughs> like dialogue that you don't care about because you just by that point want to play the freaking game the problem with horizon forbidden west being that apparently the story isn't good enough to make up for it people ramble too that people just ramble on and on and yeah. it's like this could have been handled in one sentence it's yep. just like go get this thing but no they ramble on and on and on and someone like me i like going through every dialogue option i used yep. to right. i'm and, way too patient now that's what aaron said too he, like he skips through a bunch of stuff now um um particularly in like games like dying light um but yeah it, it is it is unfortunate that they kind of padded it out almost almost with the uh, dialogue well one thing with dying light as well is i am interested in in hearing all the dialogue options so i i'm kind of impatient like you guys are saying with with dialogue in some games uh but other games so specifically fallout and then now i guess dying light are two two recent examples are like things they're worlds that i actually care about and i actually want to know what's going on and with dying light 
because your decisions do make uh, uh, differences, or at least I haven't seen any yet, but that's what the basically the back of the case kind of says or whatever the game's motto is. I want to make these informed decisions. I basically want to know everything because how I play these sort of RPG games is, is I will listen to the whole case and then I'll make a decision based upon the situation. So it'll be something like, I would love to make this choice because I like these people, but it's the apocalypse. So I'm going to choose these guys because I think this is better for survival based upon what they've told me about their infrastructure or something. So I kind of like to get that whole, that whole story and, and understand everything and experience it. And then, or if someone like betrays me on one of the sides and I understand the full, the full weight of the betrayal, I'll be like, okay, that's it. I'm burning down your whole organization. It's over <laughs> type of thing. But I want to like have those like, knee jerk like and real reactions by having all the information on the table but like having having experienced all the dialogue last night holy crap is there a lot of dialogue um it's it's it is a lot um so whether i will become lazy with this and eventually just start saying i don't know like whatever but um one other complaints i have actually and Obviously, my my memory of the original Dying Light is are more or less filled with my max level or high level character because I think I went to New Game Plus and stuff like this and I played with other people and stuff. So I had that character for so long. And so I'm used to that sort of level of power, if you will, even though it's been a number of years since I played it. I am so damn weak in Dying Light 2 and it's like I'm out of stamina. You'll get there. I, You'll get there. I'll, I'm sure I'll get there, but I kind of almost feel as though it's a bit too low. Like, oh, I, you can't climb billboards because you don't have enough stamina yet. And you can't. It's sort of like, OK. Uh-oh. Yeah, the limitation on traversal is really painful, especially after I've just finished playing Dying Light. And that's not a thing in the first one. Yeah. But I um I was playing that just to like get through the story because I never finished the story of that game before. And um, that that game is really hard if you only do main story like you pretty much have to do side stuff if you want to have any reasonable level of like strength i burned through all my weapons so fast because every single zombie i tried to fight took like six hits to kill oh that's brutal it got to the point where i was just trying to like farm the fastest way to knock them down so i could do the like insta kill moves and it unfortunately became the meta. Like it was no longer about trying to have like fun, like interactions with zombies where you're like trying to chop their ha- their limbs or their head off like super quick or like crush their head with a big two handed weapon. It was pretty much just like jump, drop kick them, run over, do the instant kill stomp on their head, or like sneak up behind them and do the stealth takedown. Oh, it's the yeah, that's annoying. It became it became very like monotonous towards the end with that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I definitely feel you there. We we definitely went through. I went through with my my uh, Max or high level character with Adriano, who hadn't played the game, and he he mostly did uh, just story stuff. And actually, I don't know if I did go through with that character. I may have started a new one, but I do remember um, either it was both of us or he, he was really struggling with doing the because the story kind of progresses and and starts throwing like the big brute guys at you or stronger zombies or really uh well-equipped humans and then you have this whole this whole situation where you don't have any of that stuff or like you said tim like your weapons break super quick and then you're just like well i'm screwed but i remember when i played uh single player and then piecemeal co-op with uh, ryan and you actually tim when we went Mm. through it the first time on ps4 um I kind of did everything. And so I never really had that problem. 
Although I never, I like, I, like it's hard for me to remember the very early days because I just don't remember being that weak. And holy crap, is my guy weak? He's starting to get better, um, but it's uh, it's an adjustment. It, the the whole nighttime thing in in Dying Light Two as well, where you go into buildings at night because the zombies like don't long no longer stay in the buildings. Uh, by and large, there's some in there, but by and large, they go out go out at night and then they retreat into the darkness of the buildings um, during the day. Like it's okay. But it's a little weird. I think I've, I, I'm getting, I'm getting into it though. I'm starting to understand the world. I'm starting to understand or starting to get a feel for where I am in the map without having to like constantly look at the map and stuff too. So I'm, I'm sure I'll get there and, and it, it's good enough to continue going. Um, it's definitely a worthwhile sequel. Yeah, uh, but- I had the same frustrations too, Matt, and, and I'm over them now because you, you do eventually get to that point where you can traverse pretty easily. And even that thing where like you're you're turning into a zombie, like when you're not in sunlight or UV light, um, that gets that doesn't even become an issue at a certain point. That's really good to hear because like yesterday, I would say mm-hmm. I hit that point where I've I've gotten, and this is probably less about my character level and more about my personal skill and, and familiarity with the controls and such. But I definitely got hit that stride where if the buildings and the light poles and stuff like that were at least close enough, if it wasn't like a super hard traversal area, I was mm-hmm. flying through it. And I kind of had a couple moments where I was like, okay, I'm starting to get this. I'm starting to like use the rope swings and use the monkey bars and get like, you know, slip through stuff or slide under stuff. And I'm like, okay, like I'm starting, this is starting to feel good again. And, and I do like like traversal uh, ev- evolution in games. So like, I'm sure by the end of this thing, I'll be praising the crap out of it um, <laughs> as I did the first, or as I did the first game. But um, other than that, uh, a bunch of, uh, we did a, bu- we did a fair bit of Fortnite. Uh, one of my goals this season was, uh, I mean, it's a nominal goal. I'm sure a bunch of people have this, but it was to get 10 victory, uh, crowned victory royales, which means you have to have a crown, meaning you stole it from somebody or you have to have won the previous match and then win again while you're crowned. Um, and I've, uh, blown that out of the water, at least in terms of, uh, our, our like numbers. I've, I think I'm at 12 now. So I just got some really good games in there and we were playing, uh, playing the crap out of that. And, uh, Riders Republic hitting the slopes hard, getting, uh, getting, con- <laughs> getting consistent, like, uh, top tens in the mass races and, uh, actually getting up in front of the pack occasionally. But, uh, that I'm not super familiar with the tracks and our equipment is not the best. So, um, still like working on that. Still, still on the grind getting the equipment, but, um, Really enjoying that game, uh, unlocking a ton of activities. I really wish, though, that people would stop calling me in games. Like, people call me, like, every <laughs> time. Like, you go and look and be like, this is, like, an awesome track and blah, blah, blah. The Red Bull Free Open is here to, and like, and then one thing I always, like, bug <laughs> Aaron and Marty with now is one of the guys called me, and when he was done the call, he goes, ciao for now. And so I just do that every time I leave the party now. Oh, and the night. God. Um, so, yeah, you miss it, Ryan, because you go to bed. But, yeah, uh, thank God. <laughs> oh, God. It's, it's, and, and that guy calls me. He calls me every every time I open the map up pretty well. So it, I, I really wish people would stop calling me. But other than that, that game is really, really fun. Uh, one complaint about uh, Riders Republic uh, really quick. Uh, so there's, there's your sports, obviously your biking and your, like your road bikes and then you also have your snowboards and your skis and there's a bunch of other stuff, but there's certain object, um, things you can ride that are just called toys and they're for traversal more or less, or just for fun. So for example, there's like a snowmobile that's just like really fast. You can easily rip around the mountains. Um, there's like a couple of other really cool toys in the game that I believe I want to say they gave us in the beta 
and you have to pay for them like real money. You can't pay the green currency, which is stuff you earn. You have to pay the premium currency or buy the uh, year one pass for 50 bucks. So that's really annoying. And I think it's in the year one pass. I'm not even 100% on that. But it so that really sucks. It just kind of seems like a bit of a money sink there. But um, I mean, other than that, uh, getting a ton of enjoyment out of there. And I'm sure I'll. I'm sure I'll be maxing out all my all my sports as I did in as I did in steep uh, soon enough. But that's that, that's been, that's been my week. Uh, a lot going on for me too. It's uh, an odd time of year where all these games are coming out. Um, but yeah, I guess first off, um, Fortnite. We'll get that out of the way. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West. I've been putting some hours into. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I have noticed that there are, people are people have been going kind of nuts. People are just ridiculous online. Um, they were saying like it's fall. It, it felt like Fallout seventy six at launch or something like that. Uh, people were like complaining about the amount of bugs in it and stuff. I haven't encountered many bugs, but I've encountered a weird. Uh, I don't even know what you would call it. It's like anytime the camera like changes shot. Uh, there's just something odd that happens to the screen, but it happens so fast that I can't actually resolve it in my mind. But my it, brain like notices something popping in and out. I think that's what it might be. Like you yeah. can kind of notice. I've seen clips of the that assets too. getting loaded in right before the camera cuts, um, and that's really annoying. And I haven't noticed it on any other game before, so I find that mm. strange, very jarring. But in terms of bugs, I haven't really encountered anything. Um, super fun game. Uh, I can't play at thirty FPS anymore, which is, is saddens me. Um, <laughs> Because I do, I, I am, I am someone who prefer. Well, in a perfect world, we'd we'd have both, right? Quality and and frame rate. But I'm a person who like kind of prefers my game to look nice in terms of like the actual visual aspect of it. But I, I on PS5, I've gotten so used to playing things at faster than 30 frames per second, and so I just can't switch it over to to quality mode. You know, hurts. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I for uh, higher <laughs> frame rate is always. The priority for me so you get the frame rate as high as you can and then you slowly start to turn up the graphic settings mm-hmm. see how much you can get away with and still keep the keep the frame rate high i mean i'm hoping one day you know everything can be <laughs> 4k 120 that'll happen at some point in the future right with the uh, way technology is advancing but at that point then we'll be like man i can't do 120 man it's got to be 240 or nothing that's very That's true. Like, I can't understand that. 248K. Somebody somebody was uh, complaining about the S22 Ultra, and they were like, like the high-fidelity camera mode is like, I think it crops in or something. And I was like, well, high, high, how high-fidelity is the high-fidelity camera mode? 8K? Who the fuck's shooting an 8K on a cell phone? Like, Oh, isn't isn't it 24 oh, frames per second, too? I don't know. I, that like, kind I of don't, piss people off? I don't care. Like, it's incredible. It's just like, I don't know. I filmed it. Does it look good? Yep. All right. Well, moving on. But like 8K, I would never, I'd be like, why am I filming an 8? Why would I film an 8K? I'm I'm man. (laughs) (laughs) All I'm saying is like, you can now pretty much play, if you have a a decent like system, you can now play pretty much anything you want at 1080, you know, 120 or 144 or whatever. Um, So eventually we will get to a point where 4K 120 or 4K 240 maybe way down the road will be possible, you know, next generation at a certain point, both frame rate and resolution won't matter if the human eye can't perceive it. Right. They've been telling us that since 720p at a, at a normal display, um, like distance from your eyes. But anyway, 
Uh, Horizon Forbidden Dawn is great. Um, the sad thing about it is that Elden Ring came out a week later. And if you remember the first Horizon Zero Dawn, Breath of the Wild came out like right after that game launched. Yeah, it, and it, so it just gets it gets to get forgotten. It's so that's, sad. That's why I never got around to playing the first game was because mm-hmm. it came out the day before Breath of the Wild came out. <laughs> oh my god. And I, I've heard Elden Ring lovingly referred to as Death of the Wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. That's another game I've been playing is is Elden Ring. Uh, did a long PlayStation with Aaron today, and um, it was super fun. Um, the world's gorgeous; it's pretty beautiful. Um, Shame you can't use torrent when you're uh, playing multiplayer. That's weird, but I feel like maybe you could get too far away from each other. Maybe I'm not sure what the case is there. Well, know? I think it's the point is that the summon areas are like at the entrances of dungeons or boss fights, mm-hmm. so that's why you're summoning. You're not summoning to run around. You're summoning to get help with a dungeon or a boss fight. Kind of well, thing. We just want to play a, a, a demons or a dark souls game with, with friends. That's all we want. Yeah. But from stuff doesn't care. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully though, like there's a, there's like several world bosses in each like kind of open world area. Right. Yeah. So yep. you can kind of co-op it for the most part, as long as you keep like a world boss alive. At least that's what me and Aaron have kind of kind of been doing. Um, we have done some like kind of side bosses and stuff like that. Yeah, man, what works? Uh, so that game's super fun. And then also, uh, Dying Light Two. I've been picking away at that. Uh, I've kind of developed a strategy of how to kind of juggle all these games. Oh no! Uh, and I think here's how it goes. Basically, I will play. Horizon when I'm alone because it's obviously a single player game and I, a story based game that I want to pay attention to. Um, I will play Dying Light when I'm in a party because I don't care about the story very much and it's just fun to run around killing zombies. And then Elden Ring will be playing co-op with Aaron or Marty. <laughs> what the heck? That's my plan. That's my you gotta, plan. Sc- you gotta get an Adriano spreadsheet set up. Yeah. And then Fortnite on the nights when everyone's doing Fortnite. <laughs> All right. Well, that's and then grounded week. on Wednesday nights. Grounded on Wednesday nights, and Cyberpunk is on the back burner. Ah! Uh, my God. <laughs> and I'm still playing COD Mobile every now and then. No, what? <laughs> Hell yeah. Actually, let's talk about Grounded. How fun was that? I yeah, really it was enjoyed really it. Good. So it was really good. I was fun. surprised how good it was. Um, and it's not even like fully released yet, so I imagine there's going to be updates uh, somewhere down the road. But yeah, I had no idea what to expect going into that game, and I was uh, very surprised at how much I enjoyed it. That damn spider is actually terrifying. You see, like the the blades of grass, like rustling, oh, yeah. and you're like, you're like, what is scary. that? Is, it, is that a ladybug or is that a fucking spider? And then just it's like a, it's like a T Rex coming at you. Yeah, this it big really ass is. thing comes running at you. It's funny because I'm reading Jurassic Park right now too. Oh yeah, and it's it's very much like that. Like it's just like you see it through the through the blades of grass, and you're like, oh my god, no! <laughs> those orbs, those orb weavers, man, they're scary. We'll kill them one day. We'll get them, and we'll, we'll be able we'll to go into that gas feast. area too. We'll eat them. We're gonna yeah, eat them. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, it's probably good. And then Pete will inevitably inevitably be like, well, it's not worse than my dad's Brussels sprouts every every time, <laughs> <laughs> every time. All right, let's hop into the stories for the week. First up, Marvel's Spider-Man 2 and Marvel's Wolverine uh, have been... Why this is revealed, I have no idea. But um, 
they're basically going to be PlayStation 5 exclusives. This was announced on the PlayStation blog as well as Insomniac's Twitter. Um, and they said, while pushing the capabilities of the console will be very exciting, we're equally pumped to craft all new stories for Peter and Miles in the sequel. Just as in our previous Spider-Man games, uh, we not only want to tell a great superhero story, but also deliver a compelling human story, one fully full of heart and humor that dives deep into the people behind the mask. Uh, but I guess the big news here is that the exclusivity to PS5, because the last games launched also on PS4. Is this just time, do you think? Because these games aren't going to come out for another like two years at the minimum, you know. But how do you, how do you guys feel about uh, moving exclusive to PS5? I think it's time. Uh, I don't know how easy it is to get a PS5 now. I do see a lot of people getting it. I see less people complaining about not having one and more people getting excited about finally securing one. So I think it's kind of getting to that point where it won't be impossible for you to go into a store and like potentially see it. It's like that. It's like what we saw in previous generations, like the 360 and the Xbox like one those generations where you would go into the store later in the first year and there wouldn't always be one there. There would usually be a, a, an empty shelf, but sometimes you'd see one or two. So they're not flying off the shelves anymore, but they're moving quickly, if you will. So I think maybe we've, albeit late, later than usual, we've kind of hit that point, hopefully. So, man, I think people forget too. the Wii was impossible to find for years. <laughs> they were partnered with Zellers. It wasn't just like, like, People, people think this is like a crazy time. It's like, no, the Wii was impossible to get, you know? The Wii was serious. Uh, I I don't really know why, because it like so quickly fell out of favor. Or at least yeah. I, at least I, in my friend group, it was sort of like, oh, this is the mini game machine. And it kind of like was, fell off. It was sold on the novelty, right? It was something new. It had a lot of fun party games, uh, word of mouth. You know, you play it at some friend's uh, house when you're when you're just hanging out or at a party oh, or whatever. Yeah. You want one. That's yeah. really even spanned generations too. Like older people bought it for like some of the more active uh, games mm-hmm. and stuff like that. We fit. But yeah, it but was then a, it just it was kind a of good console. Out it of just titles. It just had so much appeal to so many different demographics. Yeah, I'm glad I have one too. Um, I never played it very much. I never play any of my Nintendo consoles very much, but I just like kind of have them as a collector of video game things and i have one uh i don't have any wiimotes though i uh mistakenly left the batteries in them and they destroyed my wiimotes you can clean those up usually i think i cleaned one out so there might be one in the box with it but i don't know if i should maybe i should buy some more online or something if i can find them the wii was definitely that console with like all of my friends had but i never had so all of my memories of the wii are always just like fond memories of going to a friend's house and playing those those games together that's surprising you didn't have it. Yeah, I mean, when it when it came to like video game stuff when I was younger, like if if we didn't buy it, we didn't get it. Like mm. the last console that my parents bought for us was like the 360, I think. And that was only because both me and my brother wanted it. Anything that I wanted, I had to spend my own money on. Mm-hmm. The Wii was well, know, like um, pretty expensive too, right? Like was it on par with because it was the 360 no, it was generation. A, it was a cheaper console, I think. Wasn't was it, it was cheaper? About, I think it was like 300 bucks. Yeah, and you could get it for like 250 if you if you found it on sale or something later on. Oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't too bad at all. Um, but going going back to the PlayStation 5, um, there have been some PS5 exclusives that have kind of really shown off what the console can do and like Demon's Souls. I was even commenting with uh, to, to Aaron today that Demon's Souls looks better than Elden Ring. 
you know, it does. Um, it definitely and, does. And, and it might be just that focus on one console, you know. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see kind of what they can do with just just making it for the PS5, and it's hard to say whether the PS4 holds it back or not, you know. Well, it's a double whammy, right? Because it's it's double the workload. Maybe not double, but you need to have someone there testing, fixing, and honing the PS4 version. It's if a lot you, of extra consideration for sure. Yeah, like, and so if you have the same amount of time overall, and you're just focusing on the PS5, all your focus is on the PS5. And so, like, all your, you don't have, like, any split where it's like, hey, wait a second, it's working on the PS5, but there's a glitch here on PS4, like, I need a developer, I need help, you know? There's none of that. It's just sort of like PS5 and PS5 only. I am curious if Horizon Forbidden West and God of War Ragnarok were supposed to be PS5 exclusives. And because of the shortage of consoles, they kind of retroactively made them PS4 as well. But by the time these, uh, by the time Spider-Man 2 and, and Wolverine comes out, you know, that's like, it's at least two more years, maybe three. Um, I imagine PS5s will be enough in number that they'll they can sell a decent amount of units right well one thing too is like we're talking to talk about this spartacus thing if Mm -hmm. it's like if it's like game pass i mean and you have the streaming and they have ps5 streaming working by that time like if you can't get a ps5 you just pay your 15 bucks or whatever it's going to be play your spider-man when you're done cancel your sub you know it's like that's possible you know what i mean like it's a venue to doing it well, I, I don't think we'll talk about the the Spartacus thing, but I don't think they're. Um, I don't think it's like Game Pass, where the, the game is day and date with Game Pass. Well, no, maybe not, but I, I more so mean that I'm pretty sure there's no PS5 games on PS now. So right. by that time, when P, when my Marvel Spider-Man Two and Marvel's Wolverine comes out, maybe the <laughs> PS Now or whatever it will be called, rebranded, whatever, in the future, maybe that infrastructure goes up to PS Five level. Mm-hmm. So then you have that potential, like that potential where it's like, well, I really want to play Spider-Man Two. I'm going to rip through it in 30 days. I'll just get the the subscription for one month, go through it, done. And then because I remember that was on. I want to say it was like the kind of funny podcast or something where they were talking about how the Xbox series um, like wasn't wasn't uh, like wasn't available, kind of like how the PS5 is like, you know, it's hard to get them. And they were saying how like something like Game Pass and I don't know whether they have Xbox series games. uh, I guess they do for streaming, I suppose. Yeah, I guess it is Xbox series. Regardless, they had the streaming infrastructure there. And whether it was at Xbox One level or Xbox Series level, they already were they already had their foot in the door. And so, like, the fact that you could that you can stream Xbox Series games on an Xbox One, like Mm -hmm. it's like Microsoft's making it so accessible at this point that it's sort of like can't get an Xbox Series. Don't worry about it. Buy this like rather nominally priced thing and you could you can play your games on your old console or you can stream whatever. And it's sort of like there's a venue there, but with PlayStation five, it's sort of like you have to have the console. You can't find it too bad. You can't play type of thing. Right. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Spartacus because that's our next story. Um, we've gotten more details on the tiered system that's been rumored and it could cost as much as $16 per month. That's uh, American. Uh, this is from venture beat. So Bloomberg originally reported about these uh, efforts, which Sony internally calls Spartacus in December. But now GamesBeat can provide uh, some more info on what these new offerings look like. Spartacus is an evolution of PlayStation Plus with three tiers. It currently calls those tiers Essential, Extra, and Premium, although those names could change uh, between now and when the service launches. 
The subscription for the, uh, these programs is monthly and starts at $10 and goes up to $16. And then they kind of broke down the plans here. So PS Plus Essential is the PS Plus that you already know. For $10 a month, you get monthly games that you can add to your library. This works a lot like how it already works. PS Plus Extra, meanwhile, gets you the monthly games and a game catalog for $13 per month. The game catalog is a library of hundreds of older downloadable games. This seems like Sony ripped the download catalog out of PS Now and popped it into PS Plus instead. And then the third tier is uh, PS Plus Premium, and that gets you all the above and then everything else for $16 per month. That, uh, that everything else includes PS Now's streaming capabilities. You also get a library of classic games as well as a new Game Trials feature. Game Trials enables you to download and start playing the full versions of the new PlayStation games. Uh, this likely has a time limit function, which is similar to how game trials work on the EA Play service from uh, from Electronic Arts. So, how, how do you guys feel about this these these tiers and, and what they offer? Uh, I mean, I I'm kind of at the point with this where if and it probably is not going to happen, but if they were to do the gate the day one releases with the sixteen dollars a month plan. I would consider that one because then I'd be at a point where I'm paying whatever it is, $15 a month for Game Pass Ultimate, and then I'm paying $16 a month for PlayStation, and then that's it. So it's mm-hmm. 30-ish dollars a month because I don't know, with conver- with conversion to Canadian and all that crap. So it's like 30-ish dollars a month, which sounds like a lot, but also games here now are like $100 after tax or something like that. So <laughs> yeah, it's... 169 Yeah, so it's like... <laughs> At that point, paying $30 a month with the amount I do play is literally saving me hundreds of dollars a year. So at that point, done deal. But they ain't doing that. If Well, this is all report, right? Right? Like this isn't nothing. None of this has been confirmed. Um, no, because but it seems unlikely. It, it maybe. I don't know because I feel as though they would realize or at least in my opinion, a lot of people without having numbers in front of my face, a lot of people probably like Game Pass, obviously for the large library, but a lot of them like it, the fact that they're getting these new games at launch. If Sony is doing this in response to Game Pass, and 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 my theory, which is un, unconfirmed, is correct that a lot of people are buying it for those new day one releases, they would know that when they're doing, when Sony's doing their research. Mm-hmm. Sony would be aware of this and they would think, OK, well, can we just cut one of the major features? It's sort of like eh, you kind of can't. Now, if it's something like they allow you to play it within the first three months, that's fine t- for me, too, uh, because I'm not jumping on uh, Horizon. I'm not jumping on anything really but God of War uh, that I can think of. Ghost of Tsushima is cool, but I mean, if I played Ghost of Tsushima two months late, three months late, that's not a big deal. And so then they would maybe get their big fans all purchasing the game at their full retail price. And then they three months in give us the, the base version of the game with PS plus premium that I'd, I'd be down with that. That's fine. Uh, I could see them doing the delayed like release, you know, maybe when the game's like two years old or something like that, or maybe when the PC version goes live, because they usually wait with the PC version, it seems right. I can see maybe that being added, but I don't know if they want to do the 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 day one launch because like they're they're still they're still primarily hardware. They want to push that hardware, you know. I don't know. 
I think Microsoft's thinking bigger picture. They want services everywhere. Their money is now in services, no longer, you know, hardware, really. So, but I, looking at this, yeah, even as a PlayStation fan, I don't think I would get PS Plus Premium looking at this list. I don't play a lot of classic games. And if I do, I'll go like just buy it, just the one that I want to play randomly. I don't really need game trials, you know. Um, and I'm not even sure if PS Plus Extra would be worth it for me. Because you're right, they, they, this really hinges on, first of all, the catalog that they're, they're going to be offering. But um, if it doesn't have those first party games, I just don't know. It's weird that a lot of these, uh, a lot of these tiers are described with the term older games in there. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a little bit bizarre. Uh, it makes it do- it does make it feel like as if once again this is sort of a, a sort of a half-assed attempt. Whereas like PS Now, it has a bunch of stuff going for it, but to me it just feels kind of half-assed. It's you know not up to the par of, of Xbox Game Streaming. It's not up to the par of Xbox Game Pass. It just sort of feels like it was built, thrown out there. It works, does what it says it does, but they didn't really push it much, and it just feels really uh, lackluster. And this. If this report is is accurate, it feels like that again, where they're just sort of like, oh, fine. Like if Microsoft's doing this, I guess we'll do something similar and we'll just have three tiers. What do you want to give them? I don't know. Give them a couple couple year old games. At that point, it's sort of like, why? Mm-hmm. I'll just skip. I'll just skip the games that I don't want to play like Horizon. I'll skip forever or for three years and I'll buy it for ten dollars when it's on some crazy sale like. Yeah. At that point, like, why would I wait two years? You know, allegedly, if 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 it's going to be something like two years, or you have to wait for the PC version to come out two three years later. At that point, it's like, well, can't I just like PlayStation has all these crazy sales all the time? Can't I just buy this for twenty dollars or thirty dollars rather than paying sixteen, thirteen, or even ten a month? There's, mm-hmm. or, or I guess ten a month is the PS Plus, but like the sixteen or the thirteen, it's sort of like at that point, especially if it's sixteen American, then we're talking like you know, whatever, 20-ish Canadian, because, like, it'll probably be conversion plus something. I just realized something kind of funny that <clears throat> back during the 360, you know, PlayStation, the PlayStation Network was free. You could play online games for free. And Sony kind of marketed that, you know, that they didn't charge for that. And um, obviously 360 had their, their uh, gold subscription. Um, then the PS4 happened. And Sony did start charging for online services, and everyone loved like the uh, the PS Plus offerings because they had the, the instant game library, you know, which forced uh, Xbox to do the monthly games giveaway, right? And now it's like everyone loves Game Pass. Well, there was and already games like gold on the 360 days before the PS4. Yeah, no, no, no yes, but, okay, but I'm, I'm just saying that people kind of went from. Sony's better because they don't have a paid subscription service to now everyone wants Game Pass and it's better than what PlayStation has. Like they totally shifted the narrative on that whole kind of kind of issue. It's it it's honestly it's it's almost like, if you will, it's like the old piracy example where people used to torrent things like crazy. And then the Netflix comes around and makes it makes streaming super easy, very mm-hmm. affordable, and then uh, as far as I remember from the reports back then, it's like piracy didn't disappear, but it, piracy certainly took a nosedive because it was just easy enough for you to have a smart TV, which was an antipathy at that time, or have a Roku or, or some sort of set-top box, have an $8 a month-ish 
Netflix subscription, and then you just, that's it. You don't need to worry about torrenting or whatever you do to torrent things. You know, you don't have to worry about checking out the files and making sure you got the right ones or whatever. Again, whatever the hell you got to do to do all that stuff. Um, You don't have to worry about that. Like, that's like, that's gone. And it's like with Xbox Game Pass, it took out almost like the budgeting of gaming. Whereas like Mm -hmm. you work the subscription in, which is fairly consistent. uh, You work the, the subscription, say, into your budget. And now you just don't worry about buying games. For the most part. Yeah. It's it's just like it's super convenient. It makes it it makes it super easy. So like I realized that people weren't pirating, you know, Xbox games or whatever, but people were certainly, because of the price of them, would certainly consider them in their budget. Like, can I get Halo this month? You know, this is something else coming out. Now it's just like, ah, oh, whatever. Like I'll just buy Game Pass. They have so much stuff on there. If I'm on a tight budget, I can just work this one figure into my thing, only reconsider it when the price goes up or down, and that's it. It's just super simple, very easy. Buy the console, buy the, buy the subscription, don't buy anything else, done. Yeah, because most people don't actually want to steal, you know? Um, they just want something that is a fair price and is convenient, right? Uh, iTunes kind of showed that um, during the whole music uh, pirating era, you know, they made an easy system, songs were 99 cents, and it, it kind of um handled the the whole piracy thing pretty uh pretty well and so i think if you just offer someone something that's convenient you know they'll they'll take it yeah it's a lot of work to pirate a lot of the time and you have to worry about like getting like a proper file and like like when it comes to games too like getting a uh a crack that's like high quality and there's not like a bunch of like compatible compatibility issues or like things like that like it's a lot of extra work when you could just like, I don't know, but people will also go way out of their way to avoid spending money. So. Yeah. Well, I think it's funny when people pirate because they think, Oh, the company already has their millions or whatever else. But it's like, if you enjoy these, these, you know, these properties um, and you want them to become bigger and better, you know, you yeah, need if to you want a sequel, why are yeah. you helping them? <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, Matt, were you going to say something? Oh, I was just going to say that it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't like, like be it, it being convenient, like Tim's right in that it being convenient will help like reduce piracy. But there's certainly mm-hmm. going to be people out there that are like, I'm not paying 99 cents for yeah. a song. You know, there's always <laughs> going to be that. There's always going to yeah, be that. Yeah. Uh, next story here. Microsoft is reportedly discussing a Fallout New Vegas sequel. I will say probably take this with a grain of salt. Um, oh, yeah. Huge, huge, huge. Yeah, but uh, here's what we got um, from GameSpot. In the latest episode of his show, Grub Snacks, Jeff Grubb claimed that there uh, are ongoing talks at Microsoft that could lead to Obsidian creating a sequel to Fallout New Vegas. In the episode, which was transcribed by VGC, Grubb said, this is very early, but people have been begun to have talks and say these words in sentences. <laughs> and these words are Obsidian and New Vegas too. Uh, as you may know, Obsidian is now owned by Microsoft, and they also own Bethesda, and so they own the two properties, and I guess people just want them to mush it together, pop it a new one. Now, Matt, you have some issues with the original Fallout, but what, did they pertain more to bugs, or was it you just didn't like the gameplay overall? No, I, I definitely I definitely had my... Uh... I definitely had my like hopes dashed by buying it uh, right on launch day. I bought like the collector's mm-hmm. edition, pre-ordered it, got the collector's edition, was like, all right, let's do this. Buggy as hell. And it got to the point where I wasn't doing quests the way I wanted to. I was doing quests the most expedient 
because I because quests were breaking so frequently mm. that I was just like, well, I could, you know, try to do this and then run to this other town and try to like do this whole extra branch of this quest. Or I could just kill this guy because the quest probably going to break. And if I kill him now, like there's less a chance of that breaking. So <laughs> I'll just do that. And so like, it really did like really did spoil my New Vegas experience for sure. So is there any like excitement for a potential sequel? I'll take a single player fallout. I mean, at this point, and and I acknowledge that New Vegas, like I think I've played it when it wasn't as buggy, but like I just like the first time, like the first impression really just kind of threw me off. So mm-hmm. I acknowledge that New Vegas isn't necessarily bad. It's just that's not my it's not my cup of tea, but it was ruined by my own like buying it at launch, I guess. Um, but like, I'm down for a, a new Vegas sequel and I'm always down for, like I said, another fallout, a single player fallout game. It's so wild to me. Cause like fallout three is really good, but new Vegas is just objectively better in my opinion in every way, except for maybe the story, but mechanically and character wise, everything like that, it's just, it's just the better game. And it's, it's so funny to me because I feel like you would really like new Vegas but you don't because you just happen to play it at launch. And I, I, the reason that I like it is probably because I didn't play it at launch. I played it. I think it came out in like November (laughs) and I got it for Christmas. And uh, so I played it like a month later and it's, it's in my top five games of all time. Like it's such a good game. It might've been. hmm? Did you play follow three at launch? No. So I was about to say that new Vegas, we were pretty young when it came out. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to say I just started driving and I think it was like the first yeah, I game I ever 16. like, yeah, it's like, a, I think it was like the first time I ever like pre-ordered and like went to pick up myself. Fallout three, right? No, followed New Vegas. No, New, New Vegas came out. I think in our first or second year of college. Well, uh, that, that would, came out, I think. that would line up with when I got a car. So like, that was probably like the first game that like, I personally like drove there in my own car and like, Went and like picked it up and shit like that. And so it just like was an extra like double edged sword where I was like, mm. man, this is like a because like the rest of my games back then, it would be like I would, you know, I'd buy the odd thing, but I didn't have my own vehicle, obviously, in high school. So it would be sort of like I have to wait for my parents to like take me or like whatever, because we live in a like I live in a town. I don't live in the city. And so it's like this is the first time it's sort of like, oh, a bit of independence. I'm going to go and pre-order this <laughs> pre-order this game <laughs> and like use my car and like leave college early, you know, shit like that. Getting out of the structure of high school and then only to have it kind of blow up in my face. I wonder if that like plays a subconscious role. <laughs> Maybe. That's like, amazing. I don't know. <laughs> it ruined like... my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just looking up the, the, the dates here. Fallout 76 came out in 2018. So this year it will be four years old. Um, it feels like it. Good Lord. And if, there, if they were to make this Fallout, uh, Obsidian is currently working on Avowed and probably a... Um, What's that game called? Not New Worlds. Um, what's the RPG they launched like like a couple years ago? Grounded. We're playing it. <laughs> oh, they did Grounded as well. But no, yeah. there was the, the sci-fi <laughs> one, the one that everyone thought looked like a like a weird, wacky Fallout. Like kind oh, of Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds. I imagine they're going to be making a sequel to that. I think. Is I don't that know. I haven't announced? heard anything on that yet. Oh, it was announced, wasn't it? Yeah. So this New Vegas thing would not happen for for a very long time and that's a massive gap between fallout games and kind of what i think they might have said or i had predicted it'd be about like 10 years between fallout games 
it's already been more than 10, yeah. If we're, if we're talking single player. Yeah. Wait, ha- no. What, ha- isn't that 2025? What? Fallout 4 is 2015. Oh, right? yeah, you're right. Yep, I forgot about 4. That's a pretty forgettable game. Man, I like four. I like four a lot. Now, I will say one thing about four is that, like, I like in Fallout, I don't give a fuck about the story, so I just like run around and find all the wacky characters and read. Like, that's one game I actually like listen to all the holotapes and read all the terminals and like learn about learn about the world. And I don't mind having long conversations with people. And so it's one of those few games that I do that. And so I think four really lends itself to that, especially when it's like, hey, I found a new place. This is a cool little area. Oh, I can build here and then I can build my own town. Um, that lends itself to that, especially when we were playing so much Minecraft back in those days, too. Um, so four it's like is really, really good with mods. It's a very like mod friendly game. Like I know Bethesda games usually are, but like I, the, I had the most fun ever playing Fallout 4 with mods. There's just too many things in the base game that are too limiting. Like that you can't build um, like in certain areas and there's a really restrictive build limit. So you can't make these like big, really awesome settlements and stuff. Which is weird when they give you a huge area. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's particularly bizarre when they give you, uh, I mean, slight environmental spoiler, I guess. There's an island that you can see on the map, it's a rather large island, and you can take that island over as a settlement, but I don't think mm-hmm. the budget is either that much bigger or bigger at all than it is in other things. Even Sanctuary, the first settlement you get, is very, like, you build one house, and you're like, oh, half my budget's gone. Uh, I guess I can build, like, four buildings total if I kind of, like, budget them properly, and then I'm going to have a whole crap load of open space in this, like, town that, like, is allegedly supposed to be, like, a little suburb. Uh, you know, it doesn't not, feel right. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite that limited, but yeah, like I think the the fort as well that you're talking about is like the end of the Minutemen quest line, and uh, you have this like huge area on the whole island to build on, and then it's like no, actually, um, half the budget's already used up by these uh, these things that you can't um, move or delete. Um, but because <laughs> they are just part of this location, and um, really, you can only build in this central area. Um, which basically lends itself to like maybe a couple of vendor stalls and that's it. Like there's just so much restriction to it. And I was always so like confused as to why they're like, they have this really great building system with all these assets. Like they're giving you the puzzle pieces and then they're like, Oh, by the way, um, these puzzle pieces don't fit anywhere because you can't use them. And, and, and it's especially true if you get really into decorating because it's like every little object takes up, uh, takes up budget, and and this is especially true in in seventy six where you have this camp and like uh, someone like Laura will like uh, like play with us sometimes and she'll show us like her camps because that's her favorite thing to do in the game is to build, and we'll we'll go into like you know just like two of her camps she's like oh check it out I built another one and we go and we check it out and it's like it's so intricately decorated but she'll very often mention this is the maximum of my budget. I literally can't fill the space more. There's more radius or whatever in my camp that I like own this land or whatever that this camp module is putting down, but I can't, I can't build out of this because I've, you know, really nicely decorated this one thing and every little thing eats up some of the budget. So it's, it it is unfortunate in that way. I guess it's the, I guess it's how efficient that engine is or whatever at rendering stuff, but it still sucks. Yeah. 
I will say this about Fallout 4, um, that it kind of lacks the character that New Vegas and Fallout 3 had. Yes, a million percent. It, it, it feels a little more tame and toned Taking down. Taking yourself way too seriously. But I do think it's a pretty solid game, um, kind of in in isolation. <clears throat> but anyway. All right, uh, let's move on to our final story for the week. Sony Pictures CEO calls Uncharted a new hit movie franchise for the company. It's from IGN. Um, so Uncharted actually had a strong opening weekend and Sony Pictures Motion Picture Group. Is that really what they're called? Sony Pictures Motion Picture Group chairman and CEO Tom Rothman has said Uncharted is a new hit movie franchise for the company. As reported by Deadline, Rothman uh, wrote, these words in a uh, company-wide email following Uncharted's $139 million global opening weekend box office performance. This is more than enough to cover the film's production budget, and it clearly uh, has Sony thinking of a potential sequel, although nothing has yet been confirmed. Um, Tim, do you have any interest in this movie? Me and Matt saw it. I, I was going to see it um, last weekend because Kayla and I were going to go visit her parents. Uh, mm. But then, of course, with uh, like the flood and everything happening here, we weren't able to, and we were going to see that movie. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I, I would, I would see it. But and you've not played the Uncharted games, or nope, you have not a one. And you're going to start with the movie. <laughs> That's I what mean, I did. Why not? <laughs> yeah, but Matt, you don't, you don't seem to like care about that. Uh, yeah, like I played like a little bit of Golden Abyss. On my Vita, right. and then that was right. it. Um, I think this game, this 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 is just like, you know what it is? Is I think I liked it better because I'm sure there was fan service stuff that I didn't even notice. Well, I watched Victor Lucas's review, and I actually I liked the movie, but I actually agreed with everything that he said about the movie, and he kind of tore it to shreds, right? <laughs> and basically, the kind of consensus that he, when well, I guess his opinion on it was. It wasn't an Uncharted movie. The characters didn't match. You know, the dynamic between the characters didn't match. Um, it only kind of took like the the kind of concept of like traveling across the world, you know, solving riddles. But that's just like any kind of adventure, Indiana Jones, you know, Tomb Raider kind of kind of deal. Um, like adventure Uncharted movie. is to a degree. But what makes Uncharted special is the characters and their their relationships with each other. Yeah, you know. And that just was not present um, in this movie. But putting that aside, I had fun sitting there watching this movie and I welcome a sequel. I went having not seen any of the Uncharted's or I played any of the Uncharted's. This just seemed like an adventure movie in on par or at least comparable to something like National Treasure without the Declaration of Independence (laughs) and Nick Cage. (laughs) And that's a fun movie. Yeah, like it was just a fun movie. It was just like an adventure movie, a little bit of Indiana Jones in there, a little bit of goofiness, like National Treasure, and that was it. So for me, it was just it was just a good movie. I had no no one to compare to. I just sort of was like, oh, that's Drake, and that's that guy he talks to sometimes. Like that's that's as far as <laughs> and that hey, and there's that <laughs> woman that from guy. the one like expansion. Like it's like I don't know. Like I don't you know. There was yeah. a couple of times where I could kind of tell where he like. I think there's like one where or like. As the movie progresses, he like slowly gets into his outfit. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. and then like he grabs like the two, like the, he grabs like the gun holster and puts it on. And I was like, that's probably from the fucking, like that's probably a bit of fan service. Like it's a little obvious. But other than that, like I didn't even notice, didn't bother me. 
that part was rough and it's like i, I kind of hate when they do these origin things and it's like the the audience wants to see how he got his like gun holsters it's like no we don't like the game just starts with him with it you know you don't <laughs> You don't need to show how he got his gun holster. I want extensive backstory on every <laughs> minor detail of every character going all the way back to the day they were born. You it see him be... like in line at Walmart buying a gun holster. Like, yeah, <laughs> like it's him. Did you see the Tomb Raider, the recent uh, Alicia Vikander Tomb Raider film? Uh, yes, I did. So at the very end of that film, it's her in like a gun store, like picking up her Desert Eagles. It's again, it's again one of those things where it's like, I don't need to see that. It's not, it's not cool. It's not funny, you know. She should just have them. Just, just, just have them at some point, you know. But anyway, it almost be good enough for a character to acknowledge them. Like she pulls out the 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 like the dual or the akimbo, excuse me, Desert Eagles, and (laughs) (laughs) but the uh, she pulls out the dual Desert Eagles, and uh, like a character goes like, whoa, bit of an upgrade, and sort of like, oh, that makes sense. You know, because this, this no, person's the, used to the, her having one pistol or something. Like, like acknowledging that, but, it is what makes it cringy. But I feel like they, in their minds, like the writers or whoever, they have to acknowledge it. I feel like acknowledging it that way is at least a little more subtle and makes a little more sense. Because if you, if you Ryan were running around, I don't know why, in tombs with me, and you had one <laughs> gun for years or even <laughs> just once, and then the next time you brought two, I'd be like, whoa, bit of an upgrade. Like at least it's realistic. <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, look at Ryan over here. Come on, hey, two guns, two, Ryan. Two guns. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah you got <laughs> Beretta Akimbo here. Like, I, I think another my other problem with this movie is like they 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 seem to feel the need it has to be an origin story. Um, whereas the first game, it just starts out. Nate already knows Sully. They're already friends who have been on a couple adventures beforehand. They have a, a history, and it's it's. I think it's more fun to learn their history as you go forward rather than seeing it from the get-go you know and i think that was my one of my problems with this film why why couldn't he already be an established you know treasure hunter i guess the age of tom holland they probably wanted the tom holland to bring in the to put the butts in the seats they wanted tom holland who's hot right now right and he's young that you'd have to have an origin story i guess um i kind of think it's it's also for the uh the comedic relief because they'll do stuff like, oh, like Tom Holland thinks that Sully is going to uh, is going to like save him or something. But like little does he know that Sully won't or like whatever. I don't know. It's making something <laughs> yeah. up. You know what I mean? It's sort of like, yeah. oh, look how funny that is. Now we know that Sully doesn't do that type of thing or whatever. It's sort of like I feel like that's part of the writing where they try to like mm-hmm. make it, you know, a little more dynamic or whatever. Yeah, but. I, I'm excited for this. I do think that games can have a place in in theaters. Uh, Sonic is kind of proving that as well, mm-hmm. um, having a sequel already. Uh, and I believe there is a rumored um, Tomb Raider sequel somewhere in there. I feel um, like the that first one was okay. That doesn't need to happen. That yeah, I think the first no, one it was needs enough. it needs to happen. I I want more video game movies to be successful. Um, and if they, if they can prove that they can make sequels, I think that's that's good. But um, I think they could do a better job with the Tomb Raider movies. Well, um, I was going to say that my one, my only issue with the Tomb Raider movies is that they themselves are like a reboot of a movie series that was ba- originally based on the like. It's already too yeah. too many levels <laughs> deep for me. It's sort of like, yeah. okay, hang on, like we're trying to you know get uh, video game movies up and running here. Maybe we shouldn't go and revisit something that we're re- like. Let's not reboot an old like. Let's start. 
like Uncharted is at least a fresh movie like state. Like it has a fresh yeah. slate. You can actually start out and then you can kind of figure it out. Whereas like, of course, you're going to compare the new Tomb Raider reboot or whatever you want to call it to the old one with Angelina Jolie. It's sort of like there's that constant push and pull. It's like if we're trying to... <laughs> We're trying to create like a little new segment of the industry, I guess you could say. <laughs> Maybe we should like clean slate them a bit. That's just my two cents. How would well, you feel actually, if a certain the- game, like narrative game series, instead of getting another game entry in the series, that just went to films instead? Oh, I don't know about that. That would hurt. If I really liked the game, that would hurt. Yeah, I don't know about that. Like you what if what, there's though? no Last of Us Part 3, it's just that's the movie. Oh, that'd be fine. Last of Us is a little different. <laughs> what? Oh, wait, what? It just not, immediately not, found a solution. I'm not necessarily... I mean, I enjoy the gameplay in The Last of Us, but I'm not necessarily there for the gameplay. It, I'm kind of there for the story and the characters. Um, so I can... I, <laughs> that one might be the one case where it'd be okay. <laughs> I would say... I would say that it would have to almost like affect the world or something like what I'm thinking of is it's like, if you really wanted to change the world of the game, so it's like a free open world game, whatever. And the game is in a certain style, post-apocalyptic or this or that, or whatever, it doesn't matter. And you really wanted to like push the story forward for the next game, but you didn't want to have one of those like intro sequences that just says like 200 years have passed and like 700 million things have happened. And you just want to have that intro segment or that recap of which you never played because it wasn't a game that recap, like if you wanted to like see that done, like uh, Dying Light's is probably a good example. If Dying Light comes out, gets a game and then Dying Light, the movie was actually the time in between Dying Light 1 and 2 and then Dying Light 2 come out, I think that'd be OK. But if they did something weird where it goes like uh, this is a bad example, but if it goes like. Call of Duty, Call of Duty 2 is a movie, and then called then the next one's Call of Duty 3, the next game is Call of Duty 3. That's gonna feel weird to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's the rumored movie that the the rock is gonna be in. Call of Duty? I, I, I that's one of the rumors of of because he's doing a video game movie, I think he said, or got leaked or something. And people speculated a Call of Duty movie. Every year, The Rock is in a video game movie. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, Alright, let's hop into the Query Corner question. We haven't had a Query Corner question in a long time. Um, but your, this one... Your, your internet's messing up, Ryan, game a you little played bit. Once you're in the next game you played. You're delayed as well. Take over, Matt. Your internet, fix it. Okay, Query Corner question. I, I knew it was delayed, too. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, first time in a while, actually, for this. So... Can the previous game you played influence your opinion on the next game you play? Tim, what do you think? Depends on the person. Depends on the that, person. Because there's, uh, the, the, like, if you are frequent the any of the FromSoft game subreddits ever, there's always a post every week. Oh, I played Dark Souls and now every other game is ruined for me. Or I played Bloodborne and now every other game is ruined for me. Like, but I've never had that issue because I'm not a psychopath that only plays one kind of game and then can't be satisfied by anything else. Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. But I, but I just mean like, it's it's all well and good if you really like one kind of game, but it's like, you're really limiting yourself if you think that you can't enjoy anything else after playing one game, you know? You know, I maybe it's like the knee-jerk reaction because it's sort of like, if you, if you, like, di- if you played a game 
like Dark Souls to say for the first time, like you're really into really difficult games and you never play Dark Souls. You go into Dark Souls, you, you play it first time. Maybe it's the HD version, whatever. It doesn't matter. You play that for the first time ever. Maybe your knee jerk reaction is like, oh, everything else is ruined for me because like you still have such fresh and fond memories, obviously, having just played Dark Souls. But I feel as though that like effect very quickly like like wears off really it's sort of like if you were to like go and do let's say like a game whatever you've been trying to beat it forever and you and it doesn't even need to be particularly good you're trying to beat it forever you finally beat it and you usually game pretty late into the night but you finish it at like 8 p.m so it's not late you might just be like okay i'm done with games for the night because the other games might feel weird now that you've done this like big thing where you've been stuck for a long time, you finally beat it. You finally got through it. And you're like, holy crap. Like, I'm done. I've kind of like almost equated to that feeling, if you will. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's 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 kind of different. And I mean, I could I could see how people would like play a game. And if it's like the best in the genre, that's. I think that that's like fine, right? Because you like you try to play other games in the same genre, and it just it just doesn't do the same thing for you, and that's fine. Like you can be a fan of a genre and not like every game in that genre, but I feel like I guess it's two different conversations, right? Um, in terms of just innocently like a game that you play beforehand affecting the playthrough of the game that you play afterwards. Um, I guess just anecdotally, I can say that like, I am usually at any given time playing like three games minimum. So I just kind of bounce back and forth between what I feel like playing at the time. Like currently it'd be like Elden Ring, Dying Light, Pokemon, Legend, Arceus, Grounded, um, Infamous Second Son. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And like, I, I don't think that playing any of those games and then playing a different game affects the latter because they're all in different genres. Right. And it's for me personally, it's just whatever I feel like playing. Right. So I'm not going to go and play like legends Arceus and be like, man, I wish this game had, you know, the tight controls of dark souls. Cause it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. cause it doesn't matter. Like it's yeah. entirely, it's an entirely different game or like playing dying light and like, being like, oh man, I wish in Elden Ring I could like just run and drop kick people off a ledge. Actually, that would be sick. FromSoft actually add that because um, <laughs> they took the kick out. They took out the iconic kick. That oh. sucks. So you can't Spartan kick enemies off of ledges anymore. But I suppose um, it's not a Dark Souls game, right? It's a whole new game. A whole new game. I don't even know if like Sekiro had a kick. Bloodborne didn't have a kick. Oh, yeah. So, but um. Yeah, I think it depends on the person. Like, I think it, it's just like if you're the kind of person that gets really into one game and you're all about it, and then you finish, like, say you like really like narrative games or whatever, and you finish that that game story, and you're like, damn, that was like impactful, that was powerful, and then you go play like a different game afterwards, and the story is not as good. I could definitely see you being like, yeah, this game kind of sucks. Where otherwise, if you just like consume that that media in a vacuum, you might like it. Mm-hmm. But when you're riding the high of a really good game, it's it's when it's hard to follow up, right? Like when I finished playing God of War, I was like, "Damn, that story was really good," but I didn't immediately go and look for another like story game. Like I played, I started playing like action games afterwards instead, right? What what would you say about like let's say like almost like a sub question of this? What would you say about a game um, 
that has like technical limitations in a way. So like, let's just hypothetically say you're playing God of War. And so God of War is done by a AAA studio, really good voice work, really good graphics, all this stuff, a big team, you know, the whole nine yards. It's a AAA game through and through. And then you go into an indie title, let's say that's very similar to God of War. And obviously with an indie title, you're going to have the technical limitations. So you're going to have, you know, you could have as good or a better story, but you're probably going to have uh, the technical and the budget restrictions. You're probably going to have lesser voice acting, uh, potentially lesser graphics. Like you're going to have, there's going to be some shortcomings in there, which is the result of being not a AAA game or not having the budget. What is your like take on that? Like, can you look at that through a different lens and be like, oh yeah, this is fine. Like, obviously this is done by, you know, a three man team or something. I, for me, it really comes down to like, is a game fun or not? And like, mm. it doesn't have to be a big, like a big production to be fun. Like Minecraft was fun in the beta days and it was like a 12 person team. And like, you know, Elden Ring's fun, but that's not just, that's not because of the size of the team or how long it took to make the game or how like pretty the graphics are. It's because of the gameplay. I don't really equate, um, like I, I almost nothing factors into a game for me except if it's like if it feels good to play and it's fun you know like right right everything else on top if it's good is just a cherry on top like if a game has a good story cool that's not why i'm playing it if a game has good graphics cool that's not why i'm playing it you know so i don't know I was it's different different things for different people I, think. <clears throat> I was trying to find the tweet that um that inspired this query corner uh it looks like they deleted it um but if i recall i think it was that they had just played like Breath of the Wild or something like that. And then the game they played after that was like Dying Light 2. You know, and it kind of like he 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 kind of thought, did it did it like alter his experience playing one of the best games ever made, uh particularly in terms of its open worldness, and then going to Dying Light 2. Um, you know, you can kind of see how it would like change your palette <laughs> for for video games. It's almost like a different that's almost completely different, though, in a way that uh, Breath of the Wild is is so widely, highly regarded. It's not like he had a group of friends that of three or four friends that were like, yo, man, you got to try, try Breath of the Wild. <laughs> and he went and he tried it. It's sort of like whoever this person was, was saying like, man, this is a. You know, this is an epic world. Clearly, they're on Twitter. So, you know, chances are, I assume they they've seen all the hype. They've seen all the craziness of like people just absolutely loving it, replaying it, all the rest of it. And so you kind of get in that hype train. We're like, damn, this is going to be some good like this is going to be some good shit. And then you're going to get in there and you're going to do it. And it's like, Oh, that's great. And then you're going to go to Dying Light. And it's like you don't have that level. There's lots of fans. Dying Light 2 is fun. Dying Light 2 is good. But you don't have the Breath of the Wild where people are arguing it's the best game ever and this and that. Like, it's mm-hmm. not quite as high-end in terms of its masterpiece claims, like, that the community is mm-hmm. calling out for. So I could definitely see that being, like, a, a difference. Like, the one thing, too, like, I wanted to address is the, the like, sort of sub-question that I asked him there was, like, um, w- one game that I'm playing right now is actually the Terminator Resistance game. I'm playing the DLC. And that, that's an indie game. And I really like Terminator. So I'm talking to characters. I really like learning more lore and stuff like that. Whether it's canon or not, I'm just in that world. And I really like talking to all the characters and seeing the movie characters that I know and all that stuff. So, like, I'm in it. And there's shortcomings, certainly. You know, the game doesn't handle as well as a AAA game does. It doesn't, like, feel as good as shoot and stuff. Uh, it doesn't, 
It doesn't have the greatest voice acting. It's better than, I would say, the base, base game, but it's still, you know, sort of iffy sometimes and stuff like that. And maybe the story isn't, like, you know, the most masterpiece written thing ever. But to me, it's sort of like, you know, the Terminator license coupled with the fact that this was a game done right. But I see it through the lenses of being like, hey, you know, this is an indie game. You know, f- there's some shortcomings here due to budget or whatever. Fair enough. I'm not going to fault the game for that. But if someone like EA had released this, I'd be like, why did EA hire these, like, voice actors? Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be more critical because it's sort of like, why doesn't EA spend more money on this? Like is almost my knee jerk reaction, which I don't know if if that's necessarily like the right reaction, but it is the one I would have. I'd be like, why does this game kind of suck? You know what I mean? But it's like, because it's an indie game and I'm like, Oh fuck. I am like the other Terminator games. I haven't really liked them all that much. They've been movie tie-ins or whatever. This one's like its own story, but it's like based upon the original movie characters. Awesome. Let's go play it. Oh, there's lore here. I can run around. It's there's some free roam here. There's side quests. There's this, there's that. Okay. I'm in. But then there's like that weird little thing in the back of my head nagging where it's like, if it, if this was made by a AAA studio, I'd be like, why is it like this? Like if Dying Light 2 was at the quality level, let's say in terms of the graphics and the ha- and how the game handles and how the voice acting is, if it was at the same level uh, as the Terminator game, I would be more critical. I'd be like, man, Techland had so long to work on this. They had the first Dying Light. What are they doing? You know, I'd be more reviewing it like that and this this like career corner question almost comes back to that original like question where it's like it's like the struggle of reviewers when they like review a game it's like do you include the price of the game do you include how long the game is do you include the price per dollar price per hour do you not include any of that do you only include gameplay do you include the voice acting do you not care about that like there's like this constant push and pull of like where to expect and like i don't really know if there's a right answer uh, I've had a different um, feeling when playing uh, Disco Elysium. It's kind of in the same vein, but not not so much that it alters my perception of other games I play. But when I got finished with, um, or even just playing Disco Elysium, I felt like a pain that, or uh, um, that I wanted another game like that, and knew there wasn't one. <laughs> you know. It's almost yeah, like it, 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 it gives you a taste, and you you can't find that taste again. And it's you, the problem kinda, with, with kinda, the like unique experiences, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least it exists in the first place, right? Well, the depends. Then, am I am I better off without feeling this pain? But you like <laughs> you can re like I mean this is again this is like just a per game scenario. But in that game's particular case, uh, I mean at least Aaron has shown that like you can replay that game a bunch, and I've done the intro to the game at least. Yeah. And um, it is it is on my list, like it is on my short list of games to get to. And um, like just doing the intro where uh, I ended up like dying to some kid kicking me or something was like, what the oh fuck? My like, God. Yeah, it was really it was, was it Kuno. I don't know. Some was kid, that, par- that douchebag kid in the back of the, 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 the hotel. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Like some ki- <laughs> like you can make a mistake in this game, Tim, where you can like try to like your for example, your tie is on like a fan. And if you do the wrong call, you can actually just die in the hotel room and that's it. It's over. You have to restart <laughs> like the, like so it's like that game in this particular case lends itself to replayability of you like messing around. It's like now I know not to mess around with that kid. <laughs> Or prepare to mess around, like prepare to like push the kid or whatever the hell it was trying to do. I don't really remember what the hell it was trying to do, but it's sort of like I, I'm like prepared at least for that situation. And like there's a replayability there that like Aaron has certainly gone through that game a few times as far as I know. And so like you could at least go back and go back through it. But if it was a game in which you really enjoyed it to the same degree as Disco Elysium, but like it didn't really have a replayability, then it'd be like, oh, like, oh, shit. Like now 
Like, now what? I guess. Like, I understand that. Yeah. All right. That's all we got for this week. What? All right. Tim, where can the good folks find you? Uh, typically, you can find me at twitch.tv slash the sidetrack, where I'll be probably continuing to play through Dying Light 2. Um, I was going to do a whole Elden Ring thing, but I think I'm just going to I think I'm just going to save that first playthrough for me. Maybe when I come back to do another yeah. second or third playthrough, I'll do it online. But for yeah. now, um, yeah, I pop by if you get a chance. I don't know if I'm going to be when I'm going to be live. There's a whole lot of stuff going on with our house right now, and I'm going to try to stream when I get the opportunity. But as it stands, my schedule is kind of not ideal right now. Uh, Twitch added the hot tub category. They now need to add the underwater category. Ooh, you to cool. then stream underwater very dangerous particularly with all the electrical components yeah i want to yeah, watch what's going uh, on here? i want to see somebody live streaming them doing underwater welding so oh. it's, a, it's a very extreme extremely dangerous version of the most dangerous job in the world <laughs> damn all right and you can catch us uh, playing uh grounded wednesdays at 8 30 p.m eastern twitch.tv slash day one patch media All right, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, you will. Peace. Yeah.